What's your name, scumbag? Jesse Spector is... Ovechkin, Alex, is that his name? Harry Carey. Wayne Gretzky! Moses! No! No! Please, please, don't make a fuss. Jesse Spector is on Lightning Power Play. You're right to me. Welcome to the Dwayne Rollison Show. I'm Jesse Spector. Dwayne Rollison is on assignment uh, reliving the time that he was an emergency backup goaltender, which uh, which he was in 2014. The Anaheim Duck uh, were without Freddie Anderson. Uh, then John Gibson got hurt, and they went with Jason LaBarbera. That's a, that's a blast from the past kind of name. Uh, Jason LaBarbera started them, started that game against the Colorado Avalanche, and Dwayne Rolson was on the Ducks bench as a backup uh, in that case. Rolson, of course, the former Lightning goalie, former UMass Lowell goalie, and, and the person that I am filling in for every time the most frequent guest on this show is here. And that is, of course, from Puck Soup, Ryan Lambert. Ryan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm excited. We've had uh, a Fun week in hockey with uh, backup goalie madness and the trade deadline. And I think we should, you know, start with uh, start with Dave Ayers, the most famous player in the history of the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm pretty sure. I I think that has to be right. Right. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> I can't think of any other uh, Hurricane player who was on like the Today Show and Colbert in the same day. So yeah. I mean, maybe when like when they won the cup, maybe they did like a, a media tour, but that would have been like mm, that's a whole true. bunch of guys. Who was even on that team? I don't remember. Cam War, Eric Stahl, yeah. uh, Justin Williams was Justin there. Williams almost certainly. I think Mark Recchi was on that team. Um, ooh, maybe Mike Commodore. I'm trying Commodore to think of there. I'm trying to think of guys who were would have done the. Uh, on their AHL team during the lockout season because uh, they were my local AHL team at the time. So, so I, I got a, a good a good helping of... Uh, future Cup ha- winners. Future Cup winners. Like a bunch of guys immediately won the Cup the next year. Yeah. I, is it... Is the most famous Hurricane Eric Stahl, Rod Brindamore, or the 42-year-old Toronto Marley's Zamboni driver? I think it's the I think it's the Zamboni guy. Yeah, I be. think it is, and I'm I'm glad for that too. And I'm glad that it was that it was the Hurricanes and that they milked this for all that it was worth instead of like you know when when Scott Foster did it for Chicago, it was just like you know I'm just happy to get in there and and help the team and, and like they you know they kind of hockey cultured him out of his yeah really cool he wasn't moment. allowed to he wasn't allowed to uh, enjoy it. At all, yeah. He he was just like, I'm just going back to beer league. That's it. Yeah, this guy, this guy's had the uh, the grand tour. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. He's gonna get a bunch of money from his t-shirts. He's Mm. raising a bunch of money for what kidney transplants or something like that. I can't remember what it was now. Kidney. Yeah. Well, I thought he was back up one. I thought he got a. I thought he got a new one. This isn't the kind of thing we should joke about. Yeah. No, but I, I, seriously, like he, you know, had a kidney transplant. Yeah, um, he did. Like that's they, I don't incredible. know if, if they do that, they need to take out both and then give you one, or exactly how that. 
Or yeah. how his his own per- it doesn't matter uh, to our, the purposes of the it, it matters certainly, but not to the purposes of of no. this discussion. Which Correct. is that now that this has happened and that the Toronto Maple Leafs have came to their own minor league team Zamboni driver, which is its own um, like where that like where that ranks in the pantheon of embarrassing Maple Leafs things. I think it's worse than the 4-1 game. I think so. I'm I'm yeah. going to bring this one up forever. Like it was 4-1. Yeah, it happened, but you know, they've played the Bruins since then. This there's no way to come back from this. Right. Like Yeah, I mean, well, so the thing is, right? The, like they're a really good team. Yeah. And and they played probably an even better team quite frankly Mm -hmm. and that and that even better team i mean we saw it with chicago a few years ago when you put a guy who is not good in net and in in those two cases not even an nhl player the team in front of them is going to play like their jerseys are on fire for the remainder of the game because they don't want to end up you know losing because that a uh, an emergency backup goalie in there. Like they don't want to let you get anywhere near the net. And you know, the fact that, what was it like two and a half or a period and a half? Uh, the fact that Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs with their offense only had 10 shots on goal in, in a period and a half. Like, and a lot of them were from the perimeter and stuff. I mean, you know, that, that, that really was just a, like, what can you do kind of a situation there? They didn't, you know, anybody who has any experience as a goaltender is going to be able to stop a 40-foot a shot from, you know, the perimeter. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, I, I understand that this guy hadn't played any kind of organized hockey in, in whatever, 10 years or something like that. But, you know, if, if you're putting it in his chest from 50 feet out and, you know, it's not screened or anything, he's going to stop it. He's, he's not, like, totally incompetent, so... It's just delightful. But now... Oh, yeah. I say. Yeah. Insanely funny. <laughs> insanely funny. And so... Now, and now because this happened to the Leafs, like, if this had happened to any other team, it would have just been like, okay, that's over, that happened. But because it happened to the Leafs, now we have to change the rules. Well, so, uh, you know, I made that joke in a bunch of people with, like, you know, uh, Kyle Dubas avatars or whatever yeah. on Twitter got very mad Dark at me guy. for saying that. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, like I looked into it and I was like, well, we didn't have this discussion when the Scott Foster thing happened in 20, uh, what was that? 18. Um, and so I was looking up and the last time it happened, some listeners may remember this. Um, the last time it happened and that they were immediately like, oh, we might have to change the rules here was there was a, uh, a Florida game a few years ago in 2015 where, uh, Roberto Luongo took a puck up high mm-hmm. and had and had to leave the game. Al Montoya comes in. He needs to tweak something, you know, a period or so into his uh, backing up, or, you know, yeah. coming into the game. And um, everybody was like, oh, I guess we got to get the emergency backup up. And the emergency backup at that time was... Uh, Florida's assistant coach, Rob Tallis, who had been an NHL or like, you know, seven or eight years earlier, but was also like 41 and hadn't played professional hockey in seven or eight years. And, you know, he put, he had run and Montoya kind of 
tried to play through it and um, gave up the what turned out to be the winning goal while he was clearly injured and all that kind of thing. And uh, and eventually Roberto Luongo changed out of street and back in and finished the game like heavily taped up or something. And you know, after the game, you know, there was a big article in the hockey news. We got to do something. David Poyle gave him a quote like, yeah, we're definitely going to look at it. Um, and oh, geez. Well, if you know, if it, if it happened to Florida and 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 they lost even because they didn't want to play the backup goalie and they didn't change the rule. Well, guess who they played? The Toronto Maple Leafs mm-hmm. in that game. <laughs> so the the Maple Leafs won that game, scoring on an injured goalie who didn't want to come out because they didn't have a backup uh, ready to go. Um, and so we had a brief discussion about it five years ago. Nothing changed because it, you know, it it didn't happen on national TV. It was like a Thursday night game or something like that. And, uh, yeah, now, now here we are again, because it happened on Hockey Night in Canada. We have to be like, this is a national crisis. I mean, honestly, it should just be, like, one of the healthy scratches from your team. You should probably just put on some goalie pads and see what he can do. Well, I mean... That seems to be the, it, the easy solution. If, if well, the, the really the, easy solution the is... The real easy solution is just carry a third goalie on your NHL roster. Mm. Extra defenseman, extra defenseman, extra goalie, extra forward. You have one of each, mm-hmm. and then you know, like the the odds that you can, you're okay. Yeah, you you have slightly higher chance of losing both a forward and a, and a defenseman on a road trip, but you know that's yeah, that's why they can, have airplanes. That's exactly right, and that's why most NHL teams now uh, have their uh, minor league affiliates relatively close, and not like across the country, which would be pretty common. Yeah. Um, so after all of that, the Carolina Hurricanes decided to go out at the trade deadline and uh, not get a goalie. No. Nope. Why Why would you? Stick with, uh, if you... Like, if you can win games with another team's minor league Zamboni driver in your net, you really don't That's need right. to trade for a goalie. Yeah, and, and I mean, the other thing to say is it kind of got overshadowed in all the all the Ayers stuff, but they did lose Brett Pesci in that game for a long time, and Brett Pesci is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And, and they did then trade for defensemen. Two defensemen. Yes. So defenseman plural, yes, yes, correct, um, and that and that was also because Dougie Hamilton's probably number of the year, yeah. and he's probably their best defenseman. But mm-hmm. you know, I I guess you could say they needed the help. I figure I thought they kind of uh, gave up more than the asking price for them. But you know, if you're if you're going to be building out for, like from the net out, and and you are relatively comfortable with what your goaltending situation is for the next week, while uh, well, what was it's Morazic was hurt less yeah. long term, right? And Reimer was hurt longer term. Yeah. Um, but no, like you said, the Hurricanes have shown the last two years you don't need to be like a future or former Vesna winner to be a good goalie on this Carolina Hurricanes team. They're really good. So, meanwhile, uh, Vesna guy Robin Lehner does move to become a backup. Or possibly starter in Vegas. I'm not sure what. Well, you know, I, I think I think the, the idea there is you push uh, Mark Andre Fleury to not be bad, which he has been all year, 
Um, and if it doesn't work, well, you have a guy who probably should have won the Vezina last year. Uh, and, you know, up until recently had been playing unbelievable hockey yeah. for a bad Chicago team. So, you know, like, I, I, when that when they made that move, I was like, I didn't really see them as, as the match for, for a laner, but I loved that pickup for a team that, on paper, is the best in the Western Conference. Um, you know, top two, and had really been held back by goaltending and now probably doesn't isn't going to be a problem for them so i can i can see them making a very serious run i think i could see yeah i mean the west is it, especially coming out of the pacific like oh they, they just seem to be able to to waltz cru- to the conference final absolutely cruise uh, for sure with that having been said edmonton really improved too yeah edmonton everybody said boy they don't have any nhl wingers and and uh you know, uh, they, they've got some injuries on the blue line. Well, they went out and got a guy who can play on the power play, at the very least, on the blue line. And uh, they got two, like, actual, not just, like, kind of fringe NHL wingers, and they didn't pay a lot for either of them. Um, you obviously, like, he doesn't play defense at all, but what he does is skate almost as fast as Connor McDavid, and they don't, don't they no didn't have anybody. defense when you're on Connor McDavid's line. Nope, and not really. Speed. So. Not really. And you know, Tyler Ennis, when, when Zach Cassian comes back from his suspension, Tyler Ennis is going to look insanely good on their third line. And he scored playing for Connor McDavid, uh, or playing with Connor McDavid uh, in his debut for the Oilers. So he's up, and up there, too, if, if they need to shuffle Cassian around the lineup. And, you know, again, they're, they're kind of dealing with injuries where Kyler Yamamoto's hurt and that kind of thing. So it just gives gives them more options and now they have like six actual nhl wingers instead of three. Oh, yeah um and we should also obviously also talk about the biggest deal of the trade deadline um wayne simmons to the buffalo sabers for a conditional fifth round pick in 2021 that becomes a fourth round pick if the sabers <laughs> make the playoffs. they're loading up baby they yeah. are they they went out they got him they got dominic cahoon they're they're poised to go on a nice little run here the I think uh, 19th place team in the Eastern Conference, uh, which, Buffalo Sabers. Which conditional pick is more ridiculous, that one or the Islanders? Uh, the Islanders pick uh, that goes to um, easy for me to in, in the uh, the trade that they made, but the three the picks. Ottawa the, uh, Ottawa the Ottawa the, yeah the, the Peugeot deal. There's uh, a, it's top if three they protected, win the cup. right? It's top. It's top three protected. That's reasonable because they could still miss the playoffs, and if they win, no, the no, no. Wait, wait. One of them. Hmm, now I don't remember what all the conditions because I two of them were conditional. The third is if they win the cup. Yes, right? the twenty-two okay. third round pick transfers only to the Senators if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this year, which probably is not going to happen. Um, I, I would say they have a, a better chance, probably of of missing the playoffs than, than winning the Stanley cup. And they, you know, they have a pretty slim chance to, to miss the playoffs at this point. So I haven't looked at those numbers, but in my head that, that sounds correct. Did the trade deadline overall, um, change feeling about where any, anybody is going? Oh yeah. I, I think Vegas, you know, I was, I was completely ready to say, Nobody was coming out of the Pacific, mm-hmm. not like and and getting to a Cup final, let alone winning. Um, I just everybody is 
is very flawed. Um, I was fully ready for, you know, Edmonton to kind of drop off and maybe Calgary to take a step forward if they could kind of paper over their uh, their inconsistencies, I guess you would say, where some nights they look insanely good and some nights they look like the Calgary Flames of five years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, and now I think it's a pretty clear one, two, three with, I would say probably Vegas, then Vancouver, then Edmonton. Um, obviously, it was a little before the deadline, but that Toffoli deal really kind of solidifies Vancouver's place a, a little bit for me. He's a um, good there too. Yeah, I mean he's a good, he's he's got it if you if you put him with players who can actually, you know, uh, play the, play the sport at a at a high level, which he didn't really have that opportunity anymore in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's a pretty clear one, two, three. Um, and you know, uh, I don't think Nashville really did anything. They, they made like a, a seventh defenseman trade. Um, and I think they actually got worse doing it, but they've, they've really come on lately. They have games in hand still. I think they can, you know, because nobody else really improved at the bottom of the, uh, the Western conference playoff picture. I think that really opened the door for Nashville in a way that I didn't necessarily think would happen um for that you know so corbinian holzer that's uh... corbinian hold man when when you when you trade for corbinian holzer like i i truly do not get it but okay here we are um yeah well we we can take a break and and think about that uh we're here (laughs) That's it. That's a good transition. I'm doing great on this show. Um, this is Jesse Spector is joined today by Ryan Lambert from Puck Soup. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Jesse Spector is on Lightning Power Play. Joined today by Ryan Lambert, our most frequent guest on this show from Puck Soup, a podcast that you can listen to, and, and you can also uh, pay for bonus uh, Puck Soup content material. Ryan, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, we have a Patreon page. You just It's patreon.com slash pucksoup, and you can sign up for, uh, I, in addition to doing, uh, you know, six bonus episodes a month on the, on the Patreon, uh, I also write a uh, newsletter three, four times a week. It, it kind of varies depending on newsworthiness. Like I did a kind of a live blog of the trade deadline this week, so you can... Uh, keep up with you know you can check back in on that if you want all my thoughts on on the trades and stuff but yeah pucksoup dot or patreon dot com slash pucksoup there you go uh, we talked about the trade deadline we talked about the emergency backup goalie those are the main hockey bits of current intrigue and status to talk about so let's uh, let's talk about you uh, <laughs> it's what we've been doing all season but we did not do this when you were here for the season premiere because we had a whole dang season to talk about and also I had not had the idea yet to do this with guests. <laughs> you know, one or the other, uh, both. Uh, but, Ryan, how how'd you become a hockey guy? You know, I was not a big uh, sporto growing up, quite frankly. Um, you know, uh, I, I would... We didn't have cable growing up is the main reason why. Or we didn't, ha- we didn't have the kind of cable where we had a lot of sports channels anyway um so i just i didn't really grow up watching a lot of uh a lot of sports i had to play a lot of sports um but 
not really like a, a spectator kind of a guy, you know. And um, and so when I was nine or ten years old, uh, the we mentioned them earlier. The UMass Lowell Riverhawks, uh, anchored by Dwayne Rollison, were very very good. Um, and my dad, like kind of on a whim, bought season tickets and was like, hey, uh, we're going to all these games now. <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, but I want to stay home and watch Urkel, though. Like, you don't understand. Uh, it's like Full House is on, Step by Step is on. Like, come on. The TGIF and, lineup. Yeah, the, the classic one. I think Hanging with Mr. Cooper was probably on around that time as well. Um, and so he dragged me on a, on a Friday night to a game um, and I want to say they played Brown, but I, I, I that might not be accurate. Um, in my memory, it's Brown, but it might have been like St. Lawrence or something. Anyway, point is, uh, I watched one period of hockey and uh, turned to my dad and said, when is the next game? So, like, instantly was like, oh, yeah, okay, like, this is extremely for me. Um you know, I'd probably been to a couple of Bruins games and not really engaged with it on the level just because, you know, like you're a million miles from the ice and that sort of thing. Um, but being in a in a small rink and being that close to the action, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and so, yes, it, that was it. One, one college hockey game and I was in it for life. Is that still part of the draw of college hockey for you? Because I, I know, you know, you're still into it um yeah i love college the, hockey. the intimate atmosphere it's that uh, i think it it like there's a lot less of the kind of like real meathead stuff a lot of people don't like about the nhl with like you know big cross checks after the whistle and there's obviously no fighting or anything like that mm -hmm. um, i'm not going to be one of those guys who's like oh it's a more respectful game guys get hit from behind and that kind of thing like but I think a lot more guys get hit from behind because uh, they're the other guys are just like not as good at hockey. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, I, I like the I like seeing. You know, I saw Johnny Gaudreau. I saw Jack Eichel. Um, I saw Dwayne Rollison. I saw uh, Connor Hellebuck. I saw Kale McCarr. Um, you know, all these guys were really, really, really good college hockey players. Like I got to see them and watch them like be insanely dominant in a way that you know they can't be in the nhl because everybody's just kind of that much better um and, and i that's why i like it yeah i like you know being in a small rink and and being relatively close to the action um but mainly and i i say this in all sincerity like there's just a lot of college hockey in boston um yeah. and you know Within 45 minutes of, of my apartment, I can get to probably 10 Division One college hockey ranks. So, you know, I, I think that that's always been a big draw for me where it's a random Tuesday night. I guess I can go to, like, this Providence College versus Northeastern game or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, it's it's never too far away. And up until maybe the last two or three years, it was not really available via streaming. So if you wanted to go to a game or you wanted to see a game, you went to it. And that, you know, who doesn't like a night at the rink? I, I mean, it's better. 
it's way better than it is on a screen. I I still feel, and I, I you know, I continue even now. Like I love hockey on TV still, but like there's yeah, there's nothing like actually going to a game, whether it's absolutely. You know, um, I think that I probably you know what I don't know if I spoiled it for the kids by taking them to um like taking them to the Riveters um to see them win the Isabel Cup because uh, I I did take Sean my son to his first NHL game um a couple of weeks ago and we sat like way in the back and to watch the Islanders lose to the Canucks in overtime and and he was super into it and mostly he was into booing the Canucks that's uh, fun which I can respect. Yeah, um, but it was just like, um, but yeah, like that. Their first real hockey experience was going to see a, an NWHL game, and you know, in the Devils practice rink. Um, but it was it was sold out. It was full, and it was a championship game and awesome. Um, and that's they, great. They do not care when it is on television much. So right, yeah, that's cool. Um, as far as as all of that goes, you did not wind up being a Bruins fan, right? No. Yeah. I don't really, uh, have an, a rooting interest in, in the NA. Um, yeah, like I said, we didn't have, when, when I was growing up, uh, Nesson was like an extra pay channel mm-hmm. on cable. And so like the only, the only time the Bruins would be on TV is their Saturdays would be on like one of the local, like, uh, I think the like the UPN station, or you know, like the equivalent of that. Basically. Whatever became UPN, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the and Rangers so, would have like, like one game a year on Channel Nine. Yeah, it was Channel Thirty Eight in Boston, and um, yeah, like you know, so like I could watch a Bruins game a week, and I just never really. Uh, my my dad was like just a regular sports fan like he you know he wasn't really a huge patriots fan wasn't really a huge red sox fan like he watched everything but not with any kind of like you know one of those guys who's like glued to the couch for every game or anything like that you know mm-hmm. um so i just i like i said i just didn't really grow up with it and and you know i i would say that the, when i got into the nhl really was like playing the video games on genesis you know <laughs> like so so that was like my first, re- and then I was just like, "Oh, who's a team with a cool logo?" And you know, I would pick the Tampa Bay Lightning or the New Jersey Devils or whoever. Like, you know, just as long as it, as they had a good team and they looked cool, that was all I was interested in. NHL '94, the best of the bunch. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think it's pretty much universally uh, regarded as as being true. Like, it's the Citizen Kane of hockey video games, yeah. probably. It's funny because I I feel like I I know this and but I never really played a lot of those games. Yeah. For whatever reason, like I didn't have a Sega Genesis. That's that's the main reason. But like I played mm. them at friends' houses and like I don't know. I I just I don't differentiate so much between them. Um, but yeah, ninety four seems to be the one that gets the the most time. So well, you can just download it on your computer for free now. And like there there's actually a community where like they update the rosters every single year and now like do i feel like ea is mo- leaving money on the table by not just like doing the thing whoever makes the rbi baseball like 2019 2020 games uh you know like yeah. they should make a version for your phone and they'd make a million dollars 
easily. It would, and it wouldn't take very much work at all. What somebody should do is make like the Nintendo Switch, but a Sega Genesis. Yes, that. Well, the problem with that, so I have something like that, and the problem is that it's all only like first party games, like the games licensed by or developed by Sega. And and so like third party games aren't on there, okay. um, but again like you can just I'm sure get my little mini Genesis thing like I could go pay somebody to quote unquote hack it for me and put NHL ninety four on there and you know my life would finally be complete. Uh, but like I said, you can just get it for your computer right now and and you know in five minutes be playing. NHL 94, and frankly, I recommend that you do. Okay. <laughs> I I may do that as soon as we're done recording this. I may have to Hell go yeah. down. Because I, I had a Game Gear, which was uh, you know, the, the portable Genesis. But um, Oh, I remember. I had a Game Gear as well. We were a, Genesis, we yeah. were a Sega house for uh, a little six, while there. Six AA batteries uh, lasted 20 minutes, but you could plug in with the AC adapter and... Uh, rendered it oh we, we had the car but... adapter for for the family road trip yeah critical very, very important uh yeah i had the the nhl and joe montana football which was terrible mm, i had i had a well like the original the sonic the hedgehog game of course i had mortal mm-hmm. Kombat for it which was awesome um hmm. i don't know i can't remember all of them now there was like a fighter jet game i had it was cool Hockey games now are they are they any good? I have not I'm not a video game. You know I uh, I played ooh maybe NHL seventeen or eighteen for a little while like a year ago. It was whenever um, Vegas was coming into the league because they let you do your own expansion draft and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I was like, oh, that's like a really intriguing way to to engage with this ser- series. I've totally checked out on. Um, as far as I can tell, like the way the game actually like works and the gameplay and stuff like that has not changed or improved in a decade. I, I probably checked out NHL 10 yeah. or 11 and one on the PC. Yeah. And like, it is not appreciably different from NHL 18 or 19 or whatever one I had. Okay. So I don't know what the deal. Well, I do know what the deal is with that, and it's that the NHL game doesn't make any money, and so they are not going to put a lot of resources into improving it because uh, it's a very limited market. Which is why they should just say we're making an NHL nine like twenty twenty one retro, and it's NHL ninety four with every team in it. And all anybody wants to do is just pass across the crease and hammer home one timers all day long. Just yes. that. Yes. So satisfying. Like I don't want to play like a real freaking hockey on, on it's tedious. Yeah, and like everybody you play online is too good at it mm-hmm. somehow. I very frustrating. Everybody is either insanely bad or way too good for me. So that I think that that is the new min of uh, of this program is to get NHL ninety four back in the mainstream, uh, some way or another. Uh, yes, we'll, we'll work on that uh, in the in the time to come. Uh, but that is it for we're out of time. How'd wow. That okay. Dang. Great. That was fast. It's always yeah. it, it flies by when you're here. So, Ryan, thank you for coming back on the show once again. Um, always. A, a 
true pleasure to have you on the show and uh, and just humor for a while. Um, me mostly, yeah, I appreciate you say smart things. So, well, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I appreciate you having me, though. It's always <laughs> a pleasure on my end as well. So, well, thank you so much, and thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, that is it for this week. This has been Jesse Specter is on on the Lightning Power Play, and we'll see you next time.